and we are going to get to know her a little bit because I didn't know Genevieve before this morning other than some messages back and forth. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? wife to my husband Matt who's just here this morning and mum to three beautiful people, Ethan who's here with us this morning and my twin girls who are 18 and their names are Asher and Shay. That's been a great, the great, my greatest privilege in life to be part of this family and um, be given the responsibility to raise them. I've been a stay-at-home mum for many years which is also a great privilege um, but not particularly glamorous and sometimes kind of hard and hidden um, so I understand uh, if there are any stay-at-home mums here this morning that uh, with the journey that you're on. Uh, I'm an Adelaide girl uh, from growing up. Actually, I was born in Perth, but I call myself an Adelaide girl because I moved here when I was five. But uh, when Matt and I got married, we actually moved to Hong Kong and lived there for many years. I was there for a total of about 18 years and Matt himself was there for about 26. So um, we kind of grew up together there um, when we were quite young and newly married and so now I know what it's like to have my heart in two places. Um, Here feels like home but there will also always feel like home Um, and it's been amazing just being able to experience the body of Christ in different parts of the world. Um, Fabulous. I've recently finished um, a graduate diploma in divinity at Tabor College and have started working to my great joy as a pastoral care worker uh, I'm in Unley Primary School um, and also they're there two days a week and also up at St Peter's Lutheran School in Blackwood uh, a day and a half a week. So that has opened my world to not just the schools and the families in them but also the churches that support the pastoral care workers in the schools and it's, um, and it's been great. I love going around and, and meeting you guys and, and other people around the place who are gathering on Sundays to worship our incredibly, incredibly gracious and fantastic God. Amazing. Well done. That was great. Favourite hobby? Favourite food? My favourite food is probably, a, I'm going to go for a whole genre. I love Mexican <laughs> I love food <laughs> so that I don't have to narrow it down. Yeah. This whole, if you could only he- eat one thing yeah. for the rest of your life, it's too hard. <laughs> no, I like it. Good thinking. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I will hand over to you, and Denby's going to be sharing with us from John, but can I pray for you before you share? Lord Jesus, we thank you for Denby and for Matt and for their family. We thank you for the way that you have um, clearly been at work in their lives, both together and um, and separately. Um, We thank you for Denby's willingness to share with us this morning, for the way that you have led her into some study and then more recently into pastoral care roles in schools um, and for the way that you have, yeah, been at work in her life. Um, We just ask this morning that as we open your word together that um, you will be at work speaking to us, um, but that we will also um, be expectant that we will hear from you this morning. Amen. Thank you. I feel like I'm going to add on another prayer because I'd really like to start (laughs) by praying and um, I'm going to do that too if you'll join me. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be here. I thank you that we do, as as Kylie prayed earlier, that we have the freedom to be able to be here and to sing your praises and to talk about you. Father, I pray that we will um, just 
just revel in that for a moment. And Lord, I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer and my incredibly great shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm wondering um, if anyone here has seen the TV show The Voice. Yes, no, a few. Okay, there are a few not... Uh, not TV, not the voice watchers, so I'm going to give you a little bit of an explanation about how the show works. It's a singing competition, if the name of it didn't give it away. Uh, And competitors are put into four teams, they're given a coach and they have these singing battles against each other and they sing covers of songs, which in other words is like taking an artist's song that they've already released and they do their own version of that song. Um, And and eventually they're all kind of... um, eliminated and and we get to the end um, to find who is crowned the voice. Um, So you're with me, they're singing battles, they're singing covers of songs. So a couple of years ago now, my kids were watching an episode of The Voice and I was kind of watching and also a little bit distracted doing some other things, glamorous stay-at-home mum things like, oh actually, Glamorous anyone things like sorting washing. And the next performer came onto the stage and she started singing a song called Everybody Rise by Australian artist Amy Shark. By about the first verse and chorus, I had made my expert home judgment and declared quite loudly, you know, I don't think she's really that good. I don't think she should go through the next round. Amy Shark sings it way better than that. And my kids kind of looked at me and they had this funny look on their face and they said, Mum, that is Amy Shark. And so I got to thinking a little bit about voices, reflecting particularly on one verse in John chapter 10. Now, in this whole chapter, Jesus is talking to... Two different groups of, there's two different instances in John chapter 10 of crowds of onlookers in the temple courts. There's Jews and Pharisees. He talks a lot about sheep and about shepherds and he calls himself the good shepherd. But they just want to, for him to answer his, the question. They want to, they, they're like, just tell us, are you the Messiah? The one that they've been waiting for. And he says, well, I've actually already told you who I am through the things that I've been doing and the words that I've already said about myself. But, he says, they've not believed him because they are not his sheep. And then in verse 27, he says, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. See, Jesus had been both demonstrating and telling people who he was. He just didn't meet their expectations of what the Messiah would be. They were expecting a conquering warrior king who would set them free from Roman rule and oppression. But Jesus had come saying that he was the good shepherd. They certainly didn't expect that the Messiah would be or could be God himself. 
that sort of talk could get you killed. But God being shepherd and his people being sheep is not a new concept that Jesus has only just introduced here. It echoes through the Old Testament. In Genesis 48, 15, Jacob calls God the one who has been his shepherd. In Psalm 95, 7, it says, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Famously, in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And also in the prophetic books of Isaiah, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. So it seems to me that the disconnect for these people is not merely a matter of not understanding the imagery that Jesus is using. They certainly would have been familiar with the concept of Yahweh, the God of Israel, being the shepherd, and Israel, God's chosen people, being his sheep. But rather, it seems to be a hearing or listening problem. And I wonder how it might have made his listeners feel when he said, you're not my sheep. I wonder if it bothered them. My sheep listen to my voice, Jesus said. Now, some translations say, my sheep hear my voice. And it strikes me that one of the most incredible privileges of being one of his sheep is being able to hear his voice. Now, it's important to note here that in English, hearing and listening are not the same things. Hearing is the physical act or process of receiving sound. And listening is, uh, is hearing with thoughtful attention. Actually paying attention and understanding what's being heard. The Greek word used here is a kuo, which means to hear, to heed and to obey. It's not just a passive thing. It's actually an active thing that we're involved in. Certainly for us then, hearing, actually being able to recognise the voice of God and listening to what he's saying are both incredibly vital parts of being his and following him. So let's take a little while this morning to reflect on our own hearing and listening practices together. And here we're going to jump back to my Amy Shark moment because aside from it being a slightly dumb mum moment that would be filed away in the memory banks and laughed at whenever that song came on the radio, I also felt prompted to reflect on the incident and open my heart up to a few, understanding a few things about hearing and listening to his voice. There were three things, which is quite convenient for a sermon, don't you think? that I identified that contributed to my humorous but inaccurate assessment that night. The first roadblock, and this is actually the really big one, so if you don't take my other points, this is a really huge one, is that I didn't know Amy Shark's voice well enough to recognise it when I heard it, which of course then leads to the next question, do I know his voice well enough to recognise it when I hear it? Now, in eastern sheep farming, shepherds would spend months at a time out in the country grazing and pasturing their flocks, just the flock and the shepherd together for long periods of time. And during this time, the sheep learns their, sh their shepherd's voice intimately 
through every call, through every instruction, every expression of affection. Sometimes the shepherds would need then to go into more populated areas uh, to pick up supplies, for example. And during that time, their, their flock would go into a sheepfold. And it wouldn't just be their flock in the sheepfold. They, they could hold multiple flocks all at the same time and all the sheep from the different flocks would mingle in together. So how do you think it was that when it t- came time to leave, the shepherd could gather his own sheep from the sheepfold? Well, I think that you've already probably gone there. It would be by calling to them. His own sheep would recognise his voice and follow him. Being naturally wary of strangers, the sheep weren't at risk of wandering off with a stranger. They wouldn't respond to any other shepherd's voice. In fact, earlier in in John chapter 10, in verses 3 to 5, Jesus says this exact thing. He said, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, the shepherd, and the sheep recognise his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. This highlights how important it was for the sheep to know their shepherd's voice and also helps us to better understand what Jesus was saying when he said, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. By choice or otherwise, they didn't know him because they hadn't learned his voice. In 2015, linguists from the University of Montreal presented a study that found that more than 99% of the time, two words are enough for a person of normal hearing to distinguish the voice of a close friend or relative among other voices. Just two words. It's because we spend a lot of time with the people that we know and love, hearing their voice consistently over long periods of time. Now, I know that this is talking about an audible voice and quite a lot of the time that's not actually how we hear God's voice. But the challenge I hold here is this. Have we spent that time in the shepherd's presence listening to him? learning the timbers of his voice so that we can hear and know when he's speaking, being pastured by him in his word and learning to hear his guidance as we read it, tuning in, opening our spiritual ears, recognising the shepherd's voice in, as um, another theologian, Mark Verkler, describes it, a spontaneous thought that lights upon the mind. The shepherd is surely speaking but are we listening and following? You see, me recognising Amy Shark's voice was of no relevance or importance whatsoever. But knowing the Good Shepherd's voice, that was incredibly important then and it is incredibly important now. And like anything of value, learning to recognise his voice can take time, intentionality and practice and it can feel risky to respond in obedience. But as we keep inviting that connection, his voice becomes more and more familiar and we can move from a response that is more, is that you, Lord, to I hear you, I'm listening. 
lead the way. Now, the next thing that I noticed was that I was distracted. I would like to confidently say that what I was doing was important and, 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 sorry, and necessary work, and not just scrolling on my phone while I was watching. But at the end of the day, it's actually not really relevant how worthy the distraction was. Take Mary and Martha, for example. It was a missed opportunity to enjoy the real deal. I was too distracted to see what was really happening. With about a billion tasks to do for family and work and church and our health, plus the constant pull of our phones, it's not always easy to hear the shepherd calling, to know that there's actually even something to listen to. But he's told us in his word that his sheep hear his voice. So if we're not hearing him and we do know his voice, maybe we need to ask ourselves if there are some distractions that we need to eliminate. The final thing I identified had to do with my expectations. See, I was expecting to hear a cover. The whole premise of the competition was that contestants sing cover songs. So I wasn't expecting to hear the actual artist on the show. I wasn't expecting to hear Amy Shark. At around that same time, it was, it was during COVID time, so we were allowed to walk certain distances and I was enjoying going on long walks in those certain distances and listening to a lot of podcasts uh, and things on my headphones. There was some really good stuff Lots of Christian stuff, sermons, um, teaching, uh, lots of things about people's experiences of God, some worship music and so on. And it was really good stuff, but I wasn't actually listening for him. Now, please don't get me wrong here when I say it, because I know that certainly God does and can speak through his people as well, otherwise coming here and listening to me talk this morning or anyone else who, who dis, does this kind of thing would probably be a bit of a waste of time. But I'd gotten to the point where that was all I was listening to. All I was listening to was the voice of others and not to his voice. Not his words in scripture, but the words of others. Seeking words of prophecy from other people rather than seeking God's heart directly. I'd settled for covers only when what I really needed was to hear from the artist himself. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. Not the lead pastor sheep listens to my voice or the prophet sheep listens to my voice and then everyone else listens to their voice and follows them. Remembering that hearing his voice is a privilege of being one of his sheep. Perhaps at this point we can take a moment to check in with ourselves. Have we been listening more to covers than to the shepherd himself?
Now, those of you who have seen The Voice will know that... Can we have that next slide up there? The season starts with a series of blind auditions. The coaches sit in these big red chairs with their backs to the stage and they listen to each contestant waiting. And when they hear something really special, they press this button that's on the front of their little thing there and it spins them round so they can see who the voice is coming from. They're not swayed by the crowd yelling at them to press their button or the music from the band. They're listening to the voice, waiting for one that sparks them into action. So let's put ourselves in that picture. Imagine sitting in one of those big red chairs in that quiet space, waiting, listening. The music starts. The singing starts. Wait. Listen. The crowd starts cheering and imploring you to press your button. They're so good, they yell. But you've learned his voice. So it doesn't matter what the distracting crowd is shouting and it doesn't matter how many other voices are vying for your attention. They may be good voices, strong and skilled, but they're not the shepherd and you're waiting to hear him. His is the voice that will spark you into action. Wait. Listen. Wait. Listen. And when you hear him, you press your button and you turn to him and he smiles because he knows you. You're one of his. And you follow him. And I follow him. And Kylie follows him. And AJ follows him. And we all get caught up in this great adventure that he's riding with all of us, his sheep, who listen to him and follow and keep on listening and keep on following.